Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is a show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish the book I do a review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today, like always these days, is Juliana. Say hi. Hi everybody. And uh, we're going to be talking about a book that this time I've read and you've not read. Uh, no. We were gonna get. We were gonna review a book which you read because you read another Alistair Reynolds book which I've already read. So we can talk about that. We might do an episode about that series. Maybe when you've read the next book or something like yeah. that. We can get Sounds to some. Good. We get some Poseidon's Children chat to catch up on that series again. But I'm gonna be uh, talking about another uh, book by a an author called Neil Asher, and it's the second book in the Agent Cormac series. Um, you reviewed the first one. I've read, I've read quite a lot of books by him. Let's go over to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. Click on episode list and let me look up other books by him. I read Spatterjay, which is Spatterjay book... No, no, The Skinner, which is Spatterjay book number one. And then The Voyage of the Sable Keach, uh, Sable Keach which is Spatterjay number two. I read Orbus, which is Spatterjay three. I read Pradar Moon, which is Polity number one, which is actually a later book, but it was, it's like chronology, it's the internal chronology, chronology of the story. And I read that of one first. Spattered. No, of the world that this is. It's like the culture, you know, that's it's, it's, it's sort of world. like, you know, it's, it's all in the same world, in the same series. Different stories happening yeah. in the same world. Yeah, in the same world and with different characters, but a lot of the same technology, the same ideas, the, okay. the polity. So it doesn't, get, it have to, doesn't yeah. have to be introduced. It doesn't have to be introduced. It. Unfortunately, this was a book, uh, Pradar Moon was kind of a book which already relied on you know even though it's the first book chrono chronology uh, of the uh, chronological order of the books by their internal the timeline yeah. is a later book but so you read it and it's that same thing we were talking about before with like the the chronicles of narnia if you start off with the chronicles of narnia with the sorcerer's apprentice you don't get the wonder of like oh what is narnia what is the world yeah. it's sort of like hey we're yeah. going back in you know we're going further in this story but you really need to start off um, narnia books uh, with the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, because that was the one that was first written, and you kind of brings you into the story uh, in that way. Okay. So that's the kind of thing. I was like, ah, I see what's happening here. Fun book, but what I need to do is go back and read them now in publication order, because then I get the experience of what you do. Where like the, the as the writing develops, as the characters develop, yeah. you can do that. So it's like through it. starting Star Wars with episode four. You always start Star Wars with episode four. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's that kind of thing. I mean there are ways yeah. to, to, to you know there's different. There was it the machete order or something where yeah. you where you go uh, you know was it four five six one, two, th no, four, five, one, two, three, six. I think that's the way it goes. Yes. Or I think okay. maybe the machete order, you miss out number one entirely. You just, <laughs> you just watch, you just watch the uh, lightsaber battle at the end and, yeah. then, and then move on. Anyway, so yeah, I've decided to go through these now in publication order rather than uh, internal And what chronology. is the pu publication order? The publication order uh, is Gridlinked and then, um, and now The Line of Polity, which is the book that so I'm talking Gridling about today. So is the first Is the first one. Cormac. Yeah, is the first Agent Cormac book. Um, oh, okay. And then there's, uh, and then there's, but there's other books outside of that series, you know. How many, so, how many books are that in total with the Cormac, it, Agent Cormac? There's in the Agent Cormac series, there is five books plus sort of like a, a Shadow of the Scorpion, which looks like a short story or a novella or right. something like that. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, five books. So I'm, you know, I'm book two books into that. Um, and th but then I've read like I've read the Spatterjay uh, series and this Predator Moon, which are like standalone. The Predator Moon's a standalone one, but in total, the Polity Universe chronological order series has got fifteen primary works and nineteen total works. So that's uh, yeah. like fifteen books, you know. So like what I'm trying to say is like it's a little bit like the Culture series in yeah. a way that like some of them have repeating characters. You kind of should read them in the order that they were released in the kind of you know the chronology order, like the publication order. Yeah. Um, chronological yeah there's two but the thing is the the culture books are actually written in the same order that they take place in oh the book. okay yeah we didn't read them in the order because i think that's not a good order but there are yeah there is there is other reading orders so i'm taking this in my own way the good thing is it's a series which i'm, I'm kind of enjoying and uh, mostly enjoying okay and um the and there's 15 books to go and i've read uh, well not there's 15 books to go I, this is the sixth book uh, yeah, so that I've, I've read so yeah so i've got i've got a, another another seven or eight books to go depending on you know definition of book or story or whatever like that yeah so uh, so and neil asher still alive neil asher yeah still alive he didn't die of um, pancreatic cancer or whatever took out ian and banks and oh. so i think there's probably going to be some more polity books as well let's have, quickly have a look over here uh, neil asher i've been an engineer barman skip lorry driver coleman boat window manufacturer contract gas cutter and build builder now i write science fiction so yeah how old is he oh like 50 british okay. i think okay um, so, uh, yeah, let's have a quick look on his blogger profile. Oh, no, it doesn't actually have anything on there. Um, 
Yeah, I think he's a British. Hey, I should just look him on the Wikipedia page. Wiki yeah, Neil Asher. Let's have a look here. Uh, yeah, is an English science fiction writer, and it, you can kind of tell he's an English science fiction writer because his style of science fiction and the and like the politics that he puts in. I'm sure I've talked about Neil in exactly the same way on the previous episodes when I've talked about this. That you can definitely see he's got that kind of like techno futurism, but also kind of a bit a bit lefty politics in the same right. way in the same way as uh, as Ian and Banks is doing. Yeah, like- and, uh, hedonism, uh, kind of like yeah. post. Yeah, yeah, like post scarcity, but yeah. also kind of like oh, a lot of the story, especially with this, a lot of the stories is sort of like the little guys rising up, you know, oh, that okay. kind of thing. Uh, the story is not so much interested in like the rulers, like yeah. becoming. It's not like this. The, the story is not just Yeah, well, yeah, it's not like <laughs> oh, this person just happens to be the son of a prime minister and he gets his own starship <laughs> and he goes around the world <laughs> yeah. and having adventures. You're like, yeah, that's that's cool, but this is more like uh, right, we need to, you know. The, in, in this book, we there's, yeah, we need work. You yeah. know, we need to get this work done. But we're living in poverty. We're impoverished, and people are living in slavery. And mm. it's a story about the people who are like the. There's a theocracy, um, and they a what? A theocracy. What's you, that? Like you get a democracy, which is you know democratic government, and a theocracy is a, a theocratic. Um, government. What so, is a theocratic? The, like a church. So it's all about oh, uh, right. it's like it's religious, like a... religious-based government. Oh, okay. Um, so they like they live Spanish in Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. There, there's literally inquisitions and <laughs> oh, and, really? and monks and stuff like that, uh, and uh, and deacons and all these other kind of Sounds things. Sounds quite and, up your alley. Uh, yeah, well, uh, those are the bad guys, of course, and this yeah. is about this story. Well, again, when you start off the story, you're like, oh, it's Agent Cormac. He's our space James Bond, and he goes and and has He's adventures like a, a with. Police. Person? Well, he's a he's a polity agent. Uh, oh, so, okay, so from the government. All right, no. let's put it into culture. Um, he he works for special 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 circumstances. Oh, okay. So he doesn't do very much inside the polity. He's yeah. always on the edge of the polity. Okay. And uh, so the setup of this book, there's a bit of you know, it actually takes a while to actually work out what the real setup is. Yeah. Um, and it kind of like, hey, remember this person from the previous book? They're back again. And this person from the previous book? They're back again. And this person in the previous book was dead, but now they're back again. And uh, uh, okay. because I told you before, there's this thing called the, the golem. And, uh, and you, you, you take your body and you become a zombie. You use your, your corpse to be a new, have then a reanimated corpse. And you okay. use your corpse's skin to go like around a cyborg robot thing. And you've, <laughs> you've had this thing in your brain, which has been recording all your thoughts for the, your entire adult life. Yeah. And so then that continues on as an artificial intelligence or not an like a machine intelligence based on your personality yes. and then you actually install that into a body which is looks like you yeah this is made, really funny made of because you. um like i've just finished reading the uh, blue remembered earth yeah and there they have lots of these golems and uh, yeah. third body yeah, uh, like, replacement people walking around yeah and then it reminds me a bit of the what was the book we read before um about where you have, or I read it, where where she, she was the the empress. Um, oh yeah, the um, uh, John Scalzi book. Oh, John Scalzi book. Yeah. Where, where oh the, yeah, yeah. The, the empress always record all yes. their memories and yeah, then the have emperors. this room. Yes. Yeah, and the then they have this room where they. Yeah. Uh, but that was such a high level that only like uh, leaders of entire planets or empires could be. Could, could do yeah, this. could do enough because yeah. it took so much. Uh, so it's, stuff. it's kind of like. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Like, uh, yeah. But this, just imagine one of those instead of being in a room where you could talk to some, just talk to one person. That was then put into a reanimate their their own corpse, their own reanimated corpse, but which is then made into a cyborg and robotic, you know, robotic corpse kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So uh, it, it feels interesting, though, because I've read the Skinner, uh, uh, no, I think the second Spatterjay book, yeah. um, The Voyage of the Sable Keach, one of the main characters there, is also one of these reanimated people. So I already kind of knew the technology wasn't from a later book. Yeah, one of the pirate books. Vampire yeah. pirates yeah. or something? Well, it wasn't vampire pirates, but, you know, zombie pirate comes zombie back. Zombie pirate, yeah. yeah. So uh, I always like the because it is that kind of thing that that, that joke that uh, that song that I wrote, which is uh, zombie, zombie pilot. pilot. Yeah. I did a I did a, um, a songwriting project at comedy shows where somebody would say something and then I'd have like say shout out a suggestion, and then I'd have to write a story, uh, write a song about that and perform it in the next show. Yeah, and uh, and if people two people shouted out something at the same time, I would combine them and into one, into one thing. Yeah. and once somebody shouted out. Um, Alzheimer's and someone else shouted out smoozing. So I had to. I wrote a song called Alzheimer's Schmoozing, and then another Very one. Sad song. And then another one was um, Quantum Physics 
and walk of shame. So I had to combine quantum physics and walk of shame, which is very tricky. But once somebody shouted out um, zombies and someone else shouted out pilots, so I had to write zombie pilots. So the, the song that I wrote was about um, you are um, bitten by a, a zombie. zombie and then as you're dying, you do you put candles out on the floor and a pentagram on the floor and do a cant to make your like spirit live on after you die. So it's like a demon. Yeah, and then you can live it like a demon. Zombie. Yeah. And then you make you the demon um, take over the body of the zombie. So yeah. that, so you're so actually the, the demon is piloting the, the demon zombie, is, pi- is is <laughs> the demon is um, piloting the zombie body. But it's your demon, so it's your yeah. body and your zombie and your ghost uh, like coming back into your spirit. Um, coming your to it. So so de- my, my demon ghost becomes a zombie pilot. I think was the was yeah, the well, line. Was or something. The like, yeah. yeah, demon ghost becomes it, and it was like a, a silly heavy metal songs slash build uh, whatever written about zombie pilot and uh, so the the whole the whole idea of the the, the zombies and the this golem oh yeah it's not it's, zombie it's, it's technology technology it's, based it's explored more in other books so no no i'm not... just saying this is where it was introduced into the series but i read a later book like the the the, right. the books of the spatterjay series were written after this book or oh, around okay. about the same time yeah so it like again what was that well, we're at 2000 and something, 2004. Okay, so this book was written in, uh, it says here, book four. This was written in 2000. Line of Polity was 2003. And then, let me have a look down here as well. This, uh, The Voyage of the Sable Keach came out in 2006, you know, like three years later. Right. So he had come up with this new technology for this book, but then it turns up in a later book, which I'd read before this book. This is the whole kind of thing about reading stuff out we, of order. Yeah. It's all out of order. So, uh, so, so oh, no, I don't mind book, that. like, that we're now talking about. Yeah. What's, what's it called again? This is called The Line of Polity. Let me, let me explain po- what The po- Line of Polity is. And that is, that came out when? In 2003. 2003. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Now i got it. Yeah, Gridlink, which is the first book in this series, comes out in two, came out in 2001. Okay. Um, so, uh, so the polity is like your culture... Um, like galaxy spanning well not galaxy many many solar systems and many many like worlds are, are ruled by the polity and the polity is artificial intelligence running things for the benefit of humanity ah. and for themselves but also for the benefit of humanity right. and it's very different from the culture in that like if you're in the polity is life is good but they are kind of more militaristic so when they're like hey we need this we need this planet here and people are living on that planet mm. and they've got their own democracy and mm. they've got their own government and all that kind of stuff but Either we need with us yeah or? but we need we need that so we're just going to go in and look we're just going to make this sort of like this very ah. calculating uh, thing of like okay so if to make their life better th- 3,000 people have to die and and but it's it's all that kind of very AI calculating stuff and 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 there's some talk about the spaceships that they have in the AI spaceships they're just like stop um stop doing like uh like just give me the straight answer and there's like there is no answer that an AI can't provide you with total objectivity yeah again you can disagree with what it is or not but so that's the polity and the line of polity is like that second special no like the contact group of oh it's not a group but like there's these as the polity is slowly expanding it comes across settled human settled worlds and some of them are like are you going to join the polity are you not going to join the polity some of them don't have so much choice diplomacy before. yeah there's some diplomacy but yeah. here's the thing there's also a cool thing that they do which is sort of like their own brexit vote so if enough people if enough people on a planet say yeah. i want to we the polity should join we should join the polity yeah we, life is going to be better under the polity yeah. the polity will come in against the wishes of the current government yeah. so the way that they do this is that they put probes oh, down onto it and listen into everyone's conversations. Yeah. And if they if they get to, I think it's like a 70% of the entire population, they have recorded that they have said, oh, actually, I don't like the way things are. I wish the polity would turn up. Oh, yeah. I wish we could do that. That's enough for then the polity to turn up and say, exactly. all right, we're going to take over. Look, your people yeah. want us, you go. <laughs> so this, this, uh, so in this case, they're talking about the line of polity where it's this, this theocracy, uh, this planet, and yeah. it's actually a solar, a solar system. There's one planet and lots of moons and then lots of space, big space stations yeah. um, where... Uh, everyone the church rules the church rules but it's kind of thing when they said oh we have the faith and we have the gift and we have all this kind of, I wasn't quite sure but it's actually lots of te- technological based stuff so ah. so everyone's got like this um, tech church well yeah it's like this technology based church that you can uh, there's like power comes through like the distributed computing system which everyone has attached to them and like fixed into their <laughs> augmentation stuff but it's it, ah. it was a while before I actually worked out it's like oh so when they're praying they're actually all like communicating and the more people pray for one thing it kind of 
it doesn't happen, but then there's like a whole like cast of uh, like not a caste system, but there's a whole group of people in a monastery, and if they all pr pray, they actually can divert the resources and the computing resource ah, and the can, communication resource and stuff like actually... that. Actually, yeah. So it's like, like a technology-based, yeah. te like a technology-based religion thing, and that's being that's Still the gift. Sounds like what? in my head, it feels like this. They they can't go together. Well, again, there's some stuff in this, but again, so the, the, the theocracy is led by some one prophet who or whatever. But it's you know, led by a human. Yeah, it's, it's a human. It's, a, oh, it's this is all human stuff there. Yeah, but and, the human like well, puts the a the the, the computer and the yeah stuff yeah in it's like technology a, like, it's, it's technolo technological base it's like it's religion crossed with technology because that's kind of what you have to do to keep it communicating yeah. so, that, so it's like that kind of stuff um, but also lots of people live in slavery working down on this planet and this planet is very dangerous because there's not enough oxygen so everyone has these um these uh, you either have like um a mask. like a mask or an implant which can draw enough oxygen out the air yeah. but also there's these um symbiotic um genetically modified uh creatures yeah. which you put onto your chest and it grips into your chest Whoa. and then at night it's like it, an alien. it draws in when you go into your like into your uh, home where there's proper amount of oxygen yeah. it drink, drinks all the oxygen ah. as much and then you can go out during the day and it feeds it's you like the oxygen a, back ah, into your blood it's like a as you go camel pouch yeah it's like a, yeah a little a little pouch for a living for, living pouch something like that so that's, uh, that's fun. So what happens is that they end up on this planet for reasons, whatever, and then it's about the polity agent. And there's there's lots of other stuff. Dragon comes back, who was in the, in the previous book, this big, super like three kilometer wide alien who flies around in space. And they they kind of defeated one of these dragon things in the mm -hmm. previous book, and now one of the, he, he comes back. And then they kind of are they working with him? Is he is is Dragon? Sounds a bit like, like the star flyer. What's that? In yeah, yeah, a bit, a bit Starflyer kind of stuff going on there, um, and then some, and then somebody discovers some uh, ancient, like millions, millions of years old ancient uh, alien technology and gets mm. invested by that. So then you get a bit of Melding Plague going on yeah. there as well. You know, all of yeah. these different kind of science fiction tropes that go all in. together, and it all comes together. And we all come down to this planet, and then this planet. Um, I think did I talk to you about um, the the Riddick movie that I watched? Uh, there's there's a movie Pitch Black. Yeah. Yeah, and there they're on a planet, yeah. and it's it's light, but when it gets dark, the aliens come out, yeah. and you're like, all right, the creatures. the creatures come out, and then all the gribblers come out, and you're all, you know, then you have to, you're, you're not just defeating the Riddick, yeah. you know, you, you're also having to go up against the aliens. Mm. And I didn't watch the Chronicles of Riddick, but then there's the Riddick movie, and it's the like, third one? yeah, it's the third yeah. movie, and then it's. Um, uh, who is it? Who does it? Vin Diesel, is it? Yeah, Vin yeah, Diesel. Vin, Vin Diesel yeah. on the planet, and then it's very dry. But then when it rains, all the gribblers oh, come out. It's like, <laughs> oh right, so we're just doing like we're just doing the same. No, it's not the same movie. It's actually a, a different movie, but it's it's a similar kind of thing where you're just like, all oh, right. The so, next one needs yeah. to be like, oh, there's uh, every yeah. time there's wind blowing something up. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it's, it's it's really windy, but as soon as the wind dies down, the monsters come yeah. out. Or it's uh, it's uh, it's really warm, but then uh, but then it oh, no, it's, always, it's really icy. But then when it gets warm, yeah. and the warmer it gets, the bigger. <laughs> And bigger monsters come out. That's the kind of thing. Yeah. So, what I really enjoyed about Spatterjay is that you're on this ocean planet, and it's just full of different kinds of gribbly monsters that kill you and eat you. Like the Skinner is uh, no, the Spatterjay virus is a virus that gets into you and then slowly transforms, like replaces your cells with other cells, and then you've got these leeches that are onto you and all these big monsters. Yeah. It's all it's like monster like adventures going on with the backdrop of dangerous monsters. Like, don't fall in the water. Yeah. Like, it talks about, oh, yeah, these sailors, you know, there's all these people who sail around on these ships, and they can be there for, like, 40, 50 years, living on the ocean and never been in the water, because, of course, you would just never go in the water. It's just too dangerous to yeah. go in the water. Yeah. And in this one, down on these, this planet, you've got different uh, different gribbly monsters. You get the hooder and the, the, the gobble duck and the uh, and these and these <laughs> really, other these yeah, other yeah, yeah 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 you're not just coming up no with because them, they then. they've become because they're named by the noises that they make and the hood has oh. got a hood uh, which it you know once it grabs its prey it puts a hood over them and can eat them like inside like you get trapped right. inside this hood and get slowly dissolved and each one of these things has a uh, like a, a, a gimmick. Like each one of these monsters has one's a gimmick. One's fast and one can. Yeah, one's really fast. One is mm. like the one's a, a heroine, which is sort of like got long legs and walks along. So it's like a heron, and then it's got a long neck and mm. goes down and grabs you from above. Mm -hmm. So that you can't do that. The hooder, you got the, the worm-like ones, which are a bit like you, you know your dune worms underneath mm. the ground with lots of segments. Oh, it sounds a bit like um, all the, the 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 weird things in in Star Wars. Like yeah, all the different kind of. The babble duck is the uh, is is it makes noises and they're like oh when it's making noises it's fine it kind of is it like a mimic so. It 
it mimics humans. Yeah. The, the hooder um, eats the prey that it eats normally um, lives on grasses, poisonous grasses. Mm. But then the when they uh, when they eat their prey, what happens is when the, the the grazers eat the poisonous grasses, they filter out the poison and put the poison into layers of flat fat. Yeah. which is black fat and then there's good fat which is good but then there's the really like poisonous sacks where over the life of the animal it puts these poisonous things in yeah. there so if you get if you're a human mm. and you get eaten by a hooder or you get captured by a hooder it eats you the same way that it would eat one of its prey which is it doesn't kill you it keeps you alive and eats you bit by bit <laughs> sorting out the, the the good stuff to eat compared to the stuff so Every single one of these monsters so it's is... It's like a recycling monster. Yeah, it's like a recycling monster who eats the good parts and then spits out the poison. But what happens is when you get captured by one, uh-huh. it keeps you alive while it eats you alive uh. bit by bit because that's the way. And of course, you're actually poisoned to it, but it doesn't know that. So when you actually explain this, all of these different things are really, really... These monsters are really good fun and gribbly stuff. So in this, the battles that take place between the rebels who want to be like fight against the theocracy, yeah. the idea is that if they rise up and they make a big stink... The polity will take notice and come in and, and go, oh, or like by making a big fuss, enough of the people on the planet will say, oh, actually, yeah, we, we don't want the theocracy, yeah. we'd rather the polity, and then the polity can come in. That's, but that's the kind of overall yeah. uh, story yeah. of what's happening on the planet. Yeah. Um, of course, at the same time, Dragon, which is this big super alien, turns up, and the alien technology from six million years ago is, is, discovered. is, 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 is discovered, and that turns up there at the same time. And there's like three other storylines all going on at the same time, too. <laughs> How um, but, big is but this But like book? I say, <laughs> all of this is going on, it's like a 20-hour audiobook, or 18-hour audiobook, like that. But it's all going on in the backdrop of down on this planet which is just really really dangerous yeah the opening of every chapter and what i could you stop i'm kicking sorry, under the table? I'm sorry. Um, uh, uh, the opening of every chapter i was like these chapter opening little sections yeah. it's a, a woman reading a picture book but sort of like a computer like an ipad computer picture book which is kind of like slightly interactive yeah about like a fairy tale set in a world where the hooder exists and the heroine exists and the gabble duck exists and things like that and she's reading it to her son and it's really funny because you're always getting these little informations about the the um, animals these nasty animals mm. on this planet but you're getting it from the point of view as if they're mythical beings like mm. and then the gabble duck came along and it was blaggy 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 stopping blaggy blaggy like that yeah. stuff like that and then there was the heroine and then there was the um and then there was the hooder and there was yeah. other things like that so it's a really fun way of like the backdrop of the book is always this constant danger even though that's that's not really what the book is about but just imagine like all oh, right we're going to come out of these caves and we're going to have a battle but there's like a third army here and it's unthinking uncaring monsters that are just going to come out and yeah. nibble at so us it's like, and uh, it's like um the, the brothers grim writing mm. a, a fairy tale mm. about existing yes. threats but, but that's like the thing it's the way that it's written in a, in yeah. a children's setting yeah and it's actually very what's going on there is actually he's doing very clever stuff like interleaving stuff and actually that 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 sub story of you know the the, the storybook that they're reading yeah. actually is then it, play, it comes into, into it yeah. and i was kind of expecting it and when that reveal comes of how it's connected i'm actually like oh of course, and it's, yeah. <laughs> these are like, oh, I didn't see that coming, but it's, it's like obvious. It's right obviously, obviously like they, this this main one of these main storylines here. Yeah. This is the reason what's going on here. And yeah. Again, I don't want to give it away, but it's it is a very a very satisfying reveal there. Yeah. And because it, it didn't feel like a, a important part, like I, did, I hadn't really thought of it. But when it comes along, you're like, ah, actually, that that turns out to be a, a, a not important, but like interesting little thing. So you listen to the audiobook. I listen to the audiobook, yeah. And how is this like being presented? So you have a uh, one narrator yeah and one narrator just narrated doing, by just, something no, just somebody doing, else no it's just no it's just he's just one narrator doing everything oh, okay. what I, we did like about the uh, I, I should I should uh, open up my audible um, and I can I can look up the uh, the audiobook narrator of this one oh I need I've got three credits available I need to uh, top it up I need, I need to top it up top it up maybe here. we find a book for yeah I'll, yeah maybe find a trick for him to go with uh, so uh, line apology um uh, oh, 22 hours, 25 minutes. So, yeah, a bit longer than I thought. Let me click on this one here. Uh, narrated by Rick Jerome, who I 
don't think I've recognized the name, but very good narrator. And one thing I noticed is you can tell if someone's a bad bad guy or not a bad guy, because if they're a bad guy, if they're an evil baddie, yeah. um, they talk in a more upper-class English accent. <laughs> and if they're a good guy, they'll talk in a more work, like work working-class class. regional accent, yeah, uh, British, British accent. That, that's pretty much it. You're like, just like Geordie. Yeah. Well, not so much Geordie, but just sort of like a bit of West Country here, a bit of Northern accent here. Right. Like, oh, right, you know, like, and you're like, all right, okay, so that's a, it, that, that's a good it, guy. And it's like... Guy. Oh, well, I do say, and it's sort yeah. of like, all oh, right, this is what you do. <laughs> That's why all Nazis have, like, English accents in yeah. movies, you know. Yeah, uh, always seem to be the... Uh, so, uh, yeah, snobby. so if you if you want to do this, check out um, uh, Agent Cormac, book one, and uh, read that. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SFBRP, and you can use my special offer code and get your first month of audio free if you've never tried out Audible. Uh, this is how I read uh, most of the books that I uh, read now. Uh, Juliana still does the e-books. I'm... I'm mostly all in on audiobooks so go check it out audibletrial.com forward slash sfbrp go for it all right let's uh, get to the book so uh i do have some complaints about this book it took me a long time to read it most of it is because i've been doing this computer project so like during the day yeah. i've not been doing the same kind of like you can't things. listen to the audiobook yeah, and, and do programming yeah and do computer like programming and stuff like that to, learning computer yeah. programming yeah it, that gets that gets really tricky and also i've just been like not traveling so much and not yeah. doing stuff and and the podcasts that i've been listening to have been keeping me up but i have been listening to this when i've fallen asleep but there was a stretch in the middle of the book which oh boy I was I was struggling because I would start listening and just immediately fall asleep and it was, yeah. it was kind of just like I'm just not getting it was just a bit of a slog to get through that middle of the book and I was like can mm. I be the only person but I looked through some just review just before I looked through some of these and it says the other uh, oh, this is on goodreads.com the other small issue comes from the somewhat shapeless stretch in the middle that's mostly composed of characters traveling to join up and war scenes that feel a bit of overextended and self-indulgent fortunately this arguing in the woods portion isn't very long and we get back to the progress over uh, movement soon enough get back to progress over movement soon enough for me not to get irritated but that was the point where I was like oh I'm actually str-. and I mentioned that to you at the time I was just like it's got it felt like everything was being set up at the start of the book yeah. and then there's like two hour section of the audiobook in the middle where nothing's really happening and none of like not everyone is together so like alright we've got everyone everyone has to get to this planet right, so- and just, it felt like you're just waiting for the next stage of the book to k- kick off and when yeah. that does kick off it actually gets interesting again okay. and fun again so and stuff just, happens you could just take this bit out and well, just-, I just I think it, just the structure of the book is just because there's, there's so much going on like I said there's yeah. like four or five different storylines yeah. it's called Agent Cormac book two he's hardly in it I mean I, he is in yeah, it yeah I just wanted uh, yeah. to ask like are you following one character or no, like, no lots of stuff lots it, of people it, and it's, it's it's third person yeah, it's also a person. You just you're yeah. like this character, this this character, and oh, okay. like in every and you know in every section of the chapter you go to a different person. Right. Here's somebody. This is another part of a review. I'm just taking other people's reviews and just reading them out here. Uh, it goes like this: the other major problem is the gigantic cast of forgettable characters. <laughs> they all have a gimmick, but it's like those superhero movies where they have four villains and twelve heroes crammed into one movie. Except you haven't been reading about these characters since you were a kid, so they're just vacuum boy, slave girl, traitor guy, spaceship girl, science lady, rebel lady, old android guy. Young Android Guy, Lizard Guy, Agent Ian Cormac, Ex Space Marine Guy, Undead Space Marine Guy, Clergy, Evil Clergy Numbers One to Twenty Two, Evil Slavers Number One to Four, Crazy Anne Rand, Anne Rand Guy, Tank Guy, Evil Nano Guy, and Evil Nano Henchwoman. And that is what it is. Like as I was doing it, the name would come up, and you know there were some names that you would recognise as you would go through. And there's more characters than that as well. Yeah. But like a, a, like a character would come up, and you'd just be like, "Oh right, yeah, okay," and I'd be like who's this person again? And it was like, who's this person again? And then it would say like what they're carrying. And I'd be like, oh, that's the person yes, with this yeah. gun. And then it would come to them and I'd be like, what do they do again? And then like, oh, right, that's the person. And it is one of these things. Each yeah. one of them has like one recognizable gimmick or role or thing that they do or thing that they carry or thing that they say, yeah. you know, yeah. like, you know, uh, and that's sort the of thing. It's sort of like spaceship girl, rebel boy, you know, vacuum boy, yeah. slave girl, traitor guy, and that's what it felt like. Lizard guy, um, so old like, android guy, young it's android like guy. Reading, reading uh, the the IMDb page for the extras. Yeah. Yeah, it is. but it is no, it isn't. It really I mean, is not the extras, but like the yeah, sort of the like, mentionable characters. Yeah, sort of like who's that guy again? It felt like you know. I read that uh, went the other day when I couldn't sleep. I was like, yeah, and I just read um, a hundred and uh, like all a hundred and twelve. Um, Bond villains and henchmen's ordered from worst to best or something like that, and that was that was like this thirty minutes of my so life crazy. just reading a, a blog post that or an article that somebody read, <laughs> like literally listing every single named villain and henchman in all of the Bond movies and said if they're good or not, or like and, and working their way up through yeah. them. 
and and it did feel a bit like that. You're like, oh yeah, that guy. Like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. He was the yeah. guy with the, you know, he was the guy who did this, and he was the guy who had this fight with Bond or something. Yeah, it, yeah. it did feel a little bit like that going through this book. So uh, yeah, my main complaint to this lagging in the middle part, and also that the characters there's just there's just a few too many of them. Mm. But then, like I say, there is like five different stories going on, and they're interesting stories. Like the rebels having their war against the theocracy is good, and actually just the story of the theocracy, and and there's the main guy, and then there's his brother, and then this other person and wants revenge against them because he tortured and killed one of his family so he wants to come up there and you've got this thing this family thing and you get Agent Cormac and like I say in the end Agent Cormac is just sort of like he's hanging around for most of the book and he, yeah. like, he does some important stuff and he gets the hero moments at the end yeah. because of course he does he's, he's space James Bond but it's not only um, about him no it really isn't about him actually again the more interesting parts is the world building to say okay yeah. so if you did have a benevolent AI based uh, uh, civilization yeah and there's a bad there's a bad place next door it's that kind of thing sort of like all right we're going in and we it's all about weapons of mass destruction no it isn't it's about oil no it isn't it's about overthrowing the regime no it isn't there's some genocide going on or there's something like that it's that like you know it's that like um a team america world police kind of thing it's sort of like all right what do what needs to happen in a in a country before you say all right so this guy assad is gassing we, his own civilians. We need to. We need to uh, interact. Yeah. Or put it this way. This is what. Um, this is what uh, Obama said. Sort of like, all right, Assad, you're doing all this stuff. We will draw the line. The hard line is yeah. using chemical weapons. You're not allowed to do that. Like six months later, he did that, and America and Obama didn't do anything and now that whole thing just carried on and uh, but it was easy for America to say oh this is the hard line you're not allowed to cross it because the, none of none of the refugees went to <laughs> none of the refugees went to uh, America they all came to Europe they're all in Germany yeah. and stuff yeah. like that like millions of people Italy. fleeing out of Greece. Syria yeah. in that yeah in, in Greece into and Italy the, and, the and more, Germany yeah the like, more closer countries yeah of course yeah the closer country so but, but that's the thing like so if there was a science of course this book was written way before any of this kind yeah, of yeah. L- l- this kind of stuff Although, yeah, I guess it was written Iraq war time, so maybe yeah. that kind of thing is... Uh, maybe it was, uh, had some influence. Yeah, maybe that, that's maybe some influence on that, so... Uh, but do you think... Yeah, this was, this was published 2004, so there's probably a bit of, like, America world police yeah. stuff going on in there. This this book, if it would have been split up into more than no, one... No, no, it is one story. It's just is... a little bit over full, okay. and there's just so a few too many characters. So you could just edit out a few bits, and it well, will still hold up. Well, the thing is, it's sort of like, hey, remember these five characters in this previous book? They're back, but also, here's another... 10 characters just from this book yeah. and they're, they're the main characters and then there's all these other side characters yeah. as well I think again it's it's an ambitious book and I enjoyed it except for that bit in the middle where it was sort of like ah this piece has to go there that piece has to go there that person's not in position yet and I'm like <laughs> but what are the, the, the motivation there's always a thing like the, a character has to want something and they want to be working towards it and at that point there wasn't a battle going on so the rebels weren't working towards anything right. and the only thing that the only motivation at that point of the book was like somebody crashed a space somewhere and they had to get off and they're just like what like you say walking around talking to each other in the woods and then all of the bad guys in this book they're just so evil like Mm. the main bad evils are just so i want to kill everyone i'm going to destroy this planet or (laughs) i'm an evil you know uh you know religious dictator Mm. and i'm just going to kill people and this person i can just wink at somebody and then they will be killed off by my henchmen or by my you know by my imperial guard or whatever it is you can just go "Uh," and they're ready to go so uh so yeah that not the very two-dimensional characters yeah the evil people are very clearly evil so it's not like you have a character where like they do bad things but good intentions and in the end it's like good that well, like you know that's the thing some of these it is a little bit that way okay. you know sort of like you can you can say oh this this uh, like dragon it gets to the point where that's actually the, one of the more ambiguous characters because in the previous book dragon like was the big evil yeah. but now there's another big evil and it's all that kind of thing like, like ah, in relation right. to this evil yeah, in is relation this to, evil so, so yeah it's like evilist? so in the Fast and the Furious number 5 Dwayne Johnson was like the, the, the antagonist but at the end he let him go and was like yeah. that's fine and then of course he comes back in the next movie in the next bit and then and then oh Jason Statham was the bad guy in this movie but yeah. then they then they, of course in the next movie there's a worse yes. bad guy and then yeah. he comes in to help yeah. that out and then his brother which was the villain in the next movie comes <laughs> back and now he's the good guy and yeah. they can work together and then the mother of the two evil guys now they and now those two bad guys they've got yeah. now their own Crank and Shaw like, whatever hey, it's called hey people Hobbs and Shaw levels, movie yeah that, <laughs> levels and, of and evil. you can just see oh like the more, the more interesting characters they, they've got to become the good guy 
well not yeah. become the good guys but they they there has to be some the, what makes them interesting is then the also, ambiguity it doesn't make like a, a person just because they are evil in some bit or like yeah. they have a certain well, thing some of them are just alien yeah That's but the then thing. they can be really friendly and good yeah. and with other things so it's always can the be. facets no facets facets different facets of yeah. their personality yeah. but here's the thing here's the thing we are doing space james bond okay all right what does james bond never have in any of his movies up until some maybe recent daniel craig daniel daniel craig yeah daniel craig movies people always talk about oh but there's no character development like James Bond? Does James Bond have any character development at all? Like, in is, his movies? Like, this is, he is. He is the character. He is. There's and no, do, like... And do, the, and do the evil guys have any, like, really, like, good no, motivations? Like... Do they have no, any... Like, do the henchmen have stories and stuff oh, like that? It's like, just, it's... Their, their jobs, they, they... What you do... They are characters, and yeah. they fulfill their... They, they characters fulfill who fulfill what, the roles. They, yeah. Character development, not all books have to be about character development, and that's a good job, because this book is super not about character. I mean, there are there is some character development, like, with these minor, you know, characters. But they do, like, And I was complaining in the previous book about there not being a character arc. But yeah. in, a, in a book which is mostly about characters sitting in rooms talking about what's going on, it's difficult. and there's then literally no action put, in the book yeah. at all. Like, yeah. you have to have a character arc rather than, like, she likes sleeping around at the start of the book and she's now in a steady relationship at the end of the book. Like, yeah. that's not a character arc can't have two points on it. Yeah. Then that's a straight line. Yeah. But if the book isn't about characters... Yeah. I mean, there are characters doing stuff, but it isn't about characters. It's not like, hey, this book is so much so fun. because it's about the action. Yeah, it's, it's, about, it's about aliens, gribbly aliens. It's about interesting world building. Yeah. It's about artificial intelligence. It's about the golems. It's about the theocracy. It's about the technology behind that. It's about the alien technology from six million years ago. Yeah. It's about dragon. Yeah, yeah, it's about all of that kind of... So that's what the book is. Without the action, it would be a really tedious there, there book. Isn't, no, this book is action. Like, yeah. it starts so, off and yeah. there's a space battle. The yeah. next thing is that they're flying through hyperspace, stuck to the inside, like, stuck to the side. Then a ship gets taken over by an alien. Yeah. And then there's, then there's the young kid, you know, alien, the, the spaceship boy is, uh, you know, up in... He's born in space, so he doesn't have any muscle tone or anything like yeah. that. So he has to fight a, an invasion into a spaceship, and he does it by opening the airlocks and, like, killing... He's sort of like, hmm, I wonder what it's going to feel like to kill 26 people at once. <laughs> and then it's all like, all right, you do that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, he's a young kid. He has to save his mother and stuff like yeah. you know it, it's just the the book is action and like I say that middle section was a lull because it, that even though there was some action happening it, it didn't feel like the action was achieving anything yeah, except so it wasn't oh, going forward around. it was so, a bit more stationary yeah so again yeah. if a book like the what was the book that we just read before the uh, the John Scalzi book yeah uh, what was it called the uh, book of Emprox's last stand, last Emprox or something like that. that oh no, that, that's, that's the third book. One. Okay, whatever it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, the collapsing empire stories. Yes, that that, it, that second book is definitely a book based on characters because the entire book is, hey, let's spend some time with these characters. Yeah. And that there's going to be a space battle, but we're only going to hear about it, you know, later. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Well, no, in the second, no, in the second book, there's oh, a space yeah. battle, but it happens off screen as they go around the back, back of the yeah. sun, and there's another space battle, and it's a, it's a spaceship just doing everything and like trying to and like tricking the humans into things that they're important and they're not important. You're like, wow, yeah. that's really unsatisfying as well. But yeah. that's not what this book is about. Yeah. This is a book about art. Uh, there's there's just crazy shit going down all the time, and it's really fun so to read battles. Packed. Yeah, it's just it, well, not it's not all action all the time, but there's there's never a chapter goes by when you're not when it's not either ramping up to action like all right, the rebels are in position and they want they're going to do their big big push and now they're like there's a battle going on and then all right, these people are going right, let's go and kill those things and then there's like monster attacks at the same time and you get a whole sections like it's a whole like, section of the book like, is like is sounds, just jaws well not jaws but it's yeah, like that thing but like it sounds like the, you you take lots of ingredients from different yeah. places that like. I don't and know. I'm loving all the ingredients in this book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you take, uh, I don't know, you take salt, somebody, something that everybody knows, salt. Yeah, yeah. And then you take, um, I don't know, uh, cumin. Yeah, you've got to let the flavours get to know each other. And then you take um, something else which is quite from a different uh, mm. background and you put it together and you all yeah. put it in big sit. Sometimes salt on bananas can work. Yeah. It never worked. You would never think salt <laughs> on bananas would work. But in this one, it, it's quite good. Sort of like, hey, these um, rebellion of slave underground uh, people up against the theocracy. Yeah. 
evil henchmen and all that kind of stuff. At the same time, there's aliens and there's and so also we also there's like and now we've got the trek across Jurassic Park and yeah, yeah monster, so like and then this monster, having this like monster, gladiators yeah. and Jurassic Park and Star Wars and yeah, Jaws, like, yeah, all, all, all in the oh, same, and, and, all at the same and time. And the um, Predator, okay. yeah, yeah, a bit of Predator <laughs> in there, plus just other weird stuff going in. Now this is a weird thing because like in the, in the Spatterjay novel, three books. The first one is about on an ocean, lots of people sailing around on yeah. there. The next one, another book set in the ocean, and then the third book. You're like, all right, let's do this third book. The Predator are there, which is another alien species that the humans are going to be fighting against. And you, I know that they're going to turn up later on in this Cormac series because, yeah. you know, you, 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 know. you, you kind of, I already know yeah. what the timeline is about that kind of thing. But looking forward to seeing how that plays out, you know, yeah. that, that war and stuff. Um, uh, and then the third book is like, and now a space adventure. And I was like, but I liked all the sailing stuff in the previous. <laughs> and it isn't. There's, there's very little sailing stuff. It's like, and now we head off into space, and there's it's just it's just space battles and and <laughs> and, and gun gun battles on on stuff. So you know, so if that's what you want, I mean, it's it it's not the same intellectual or storytelling or thematic explorations that you would get from a um, from a like a, a culture book by Ian and Banks. Yeah. And it's not the kind of like grim, uh, I say grim, but like kind of like reality based. Um, I say even reality, you know, Alistair Reynolds, you kind of got these characters that are yeah. there, even it's not based on reality at all, yeah. but it's, it's, it feels very grounded. Like these are, yeah. these are, these are human, humans these are know. actually humans. Yeah. There's no, there's no cartoon villains. Term. Like in this book, it's full of cartoon villains. Yeah. And then Peter F. Hamilton's got like another style where he'll write this stuff and it's a lot of world building. That's very character based yeah. as well. The, you can, you can spend like half a Peter F. Hamilton book and there's no action. It's just all characters. And then there'll be action as <laughs> yes, well, but it's yes. like lots of characters. Um, the, the beginning on the, on the ships on the ocean reminds me of Peter Peter Watts books like yeah the way that you no like, Peter Watts is he he's in a totally different direction as okay. well he's he he's but he's not a British um science fiction space opera writer that's not what he is he's Canadian yes. and he he doesn't come from the same kind of background of like British uh science like people who were born in the 1970s yeah. who are writing science fiction space opera based in the UK because the influence there, there is a certain there's a kind of a set of influences that you have there which is partly due to what science fiction is available and yeah. then kind of more European influence and then just and kind of like the lefty the, politics the world, of a lot of yeah, these the guys as well and, yeah, yeah which is and so when you read these books they, they often have like oh now this is America and you're like Ah, yeah, but this, in this book, the Americans, like I say the Americans, but like who America is represented, the representatives yeah. of America or the representatives of corporations or the mm. representative of business in these books or even government or power mm. is, is there are powerful people and there are governments and there are, um, you know, corporations and there mm. are, you know, powerful entities in this book. But the stories are just always subtle enough in their treatment that you but you can tell that in british science fiction or uh, british space opera in these in the, with is these the authors that is rep yeah. representative in yeah, this yeah like or like what what is being represented or how these are being used in the stories mm. whereas it whereas in american uh, space opera it's it's very um it's very much like, hey, now we're going to have an empire, and the and the hero of the story is going to be the empress, and yeah. with Vokosigan, the hero of the story is going to be the son of the prime minister or yeah. the president, and it's always like, oh, yearning for that kind of like individualistic um, power yeah. of uh, you know wish fulfillment. Well, if I was king, this is how I'd do it. Yeah. Whereas this story is sort of like, what can we idiot like slave what people can do any, how us rebellious person yeah. do to change the the yeah the existing what, yeah, what can one person do and yeah. of course throwing a james bond in there as well it's, 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 <laughs> a, it's a, a, a science fiction james bond cool yeah. he's got this thing called his uh he's got like this um shuriken or whatever it is sort of like this, it, I, I don't know it's a it's like a, a thing that you can throw but okay. it's, it's like with blades sticking out of it yeah. and it's got so a, a chain like and then it's you know, in, in chain blades. Galaxy, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. guy that has this like... He's got one of them. He's, but that's a, that's, a, that's a spiky thing. This is more of a spinny disc yeah. but he can oh. throw it and it's like this weird... Oh yeah, weird, you told me about this yeah. before. Yeah, yeah I probably it, mentioned it in a previous yeah. book. Anyway, yeah, so whip, there we it's go. Like, it's like a whip, uh, whip hound. Yeah, kind of. It's like a weapon you can throw and it does damage and it comes okay. back to you and it's really dangerous. So yeah, Cormac, that's his gimmick or one of his gimmicks. Um... But it's it's a funny thing as well because like you know when in James Bond he always goes what's your name Bond James Bond and I'm a businessman from wherever uh, and, and nobody you, knows and him. nobody knows who he is and he's like everybody should know who James Bond is <laughs> and only the henchmen and, and the bad guys know who James Bond is but even yeah. then there'll be like another Bond and so like oh he walks in there and he pretends to be a skier or he pretends yeah. to be a you know whatever a normal uh, person yeah normal person yeah. Um, whereas this when someone's like hey 
you're you're Cormac, aren't you? You're Ian Cormac, Agent Cormac. And he's like, yeah, so he's, oh, really. he's, uh, <laughs> he's quite famous. <laughs> in German, say, Der Ruf eilt ihm voraus. So it's like he his name yes goes is known, a, goes ahead of him. Goes yeah, ahead of him. Um, <laughs> so there's a bit of that, uh, which which works in some ways, but also lot, when people are like, oh, you're the famous Cormac. It's like, yeah, but like, what does he do? And it turns out he's very good at his job. But mm. it, it, sometimes you you're like, oh, you're just you're just riding on the your name. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, oh, and also the reason why people want to kill him is because he's Ian Cormac, because yeah, he's course, Agent because Cormac. They're like, and everybody knows oh, him. And you, you, you killed my brother, or yeah, yeah I course. want vengeance, or this one, yeah. like that. So a lot of the motivations of the bad guys are like, oh, it's not, not too interesting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, good book. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, let me check out, in previous books, uh, I gave Spatterjays 3.5, then 3 stars, then 3.5 stars. Um, Predar Moon is 3 stars. Agent Cormac, number one, is 3.5 stars. You can see for me, Neil Asher is a like solid it's, it's solid like, 3 yeah. to 3.5 three stars. Yeah, and I'm going to do the same kind of thing. This is going to be 3.5 star, stars, which means, for me, perfectly good, totally reading more of these books. because it's entertainment. It, well, actually, no, I think four stars for this one because I really did get a lot of entertainment. I think I'm, I was mostly let down a bit a bit by that middle section where yeah, but it, that just, middle it just section, took me... Does it, does it, like, define the book? It, it, put it this way, it didn't, doesn't define the book, but it defined my reading experience of the book. Like, at that point of the book, I, so I is struggled. It, is, was it more than, like, from a five-star book to a four-star or from a no, four-star to... Yeah. That, that's the question. It, I think it's the... Sh- if but that here, middle section would have been thing. more like... Here's the thing. Ba- Every open. single one of these books that I'm talking about now, three and a half stars, I'm like, no, that's, that was better than three and a half. Voyage of the Sable Keats. Like, my memories of these books... Are really good. Are really good. Yeah. Like, because the images stick with you, I the characters stick with you. I remember when you read this, you, you told me a lot about the, the pirates. Yeah, and yeah, like... yeah, all that kind of stuff. Like, the imagery and characters and the world building is also good. But again, I think, like, the, the structure, like, the, some of the pacing suffers and some yeah. of the structure suffers. You forget some, about that. Yeah, but... But later on, you don't remember there was a, yeah. a lull in the middle of the book. You just remember yeah. the cool stuff at the start, yeah. and you remember that somebody is carrying around a, a hornet with him, mm. and hornet's nests are actually conscious. They actually have like a high, like their mm. hive mind is mm. a conscious mind. Mm. And when you get enough hornets together, they form like an intelligence. Mm. And he's got a hornet with him, and he's going to take this. He takes this hornet around with him. Mm-hmm. The hornet intelligence pays for him to take one of his hornets around with him and experience the world and then they take the hornets back and back home and so that's how the hornets know about like get information around the nest and you're just going that's really clever like those those things really stick with you and i'm like but why did i only give that book three stars it had the hornet intelligence (laughs) (laughs) and it turns out at the time like yeah i was reading it so in this book i'm like like my reading experience is like a three and a half star book but i know that like in a, in a week's time when I'm thinking back to it I'll think about this conversation all and all the, the other fun, cool stuff yeah. I'll be like oh why isn't that four star book so I think I'm just going to give it a four star I'm just yeah. going to give cool. it what I I'm going to give it the rating which I sh- would have given it to it if I didn't lull in the middle and when yeah. I'm going to forget that lull anyway so there you go nice that's it four stars cool the next book I don't have a next book well we're going on a trip yeah we yeah, might, we'll do some reading maybe we, camping we trip out, maybe yeah. we check out you know I'll look for a book that we can that listen to because like, we've got like an 8 hour car journey tomorrow yeah uh, although I don't feel like an audio but I don't know if this, no, but, we'll, but let's get an audio book for when we're tra- driving around we're going yeah. to the UK we're doing the, uh, maybe some the summer conventions maybe yeah no I'm not into short stories <laughs> uh, yes uh, next one Brass Man in this series uh, or The Gabble and Other Stories um no, Brass Man is book five in the uh, in the. Oh no, that's Polity. No, I was going to do Agent Cormac series. Yeah, so we've got Gridlinked, Line of Polity. Yeah, Brass Man is book number three. Then Polity Agent, then Line War. Oh, the Line of Polity is this. You know, this expanding sphere of influence. Yeah. And if if your planet or system or civilization is on the Line of Polity, you're like on that that you know you're you're, 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 you're entering the buffer zone. Yeah. So you're in the you're in the influence of the Polity uh, of the Polity, yeah. but you're not part of the Polity yet. Mm. And that's always that kind of thing. Like it's pretty much a countdown clock when you're going to join the politics yeah. you know it's yeah. going to be better for everyone so it's a bit like in star trek where they have the the, yeah, the, all the, the federation discoveries and yeah. like all the the, the the ships that goes out and yeah. then they what they kind of want to do is they want everybody in the federation yeah. tell them oh this is great and yeah we'll read more about the polity in the future all right that's nice. it uh, you can email me, luke at juggler.net oh i was going to check out this uh, this um, book line of polity uh 4.13 general uh, reviews, yeah. and then 3.61 average of SFBRP listeners who are my friend Stevie Kincaid rated it four stars. Greg Kellogg rated it three stars. Zivin rated it three stars. Graham Bootle, four stars. And then lots of people who didn't do reviews but who've just rated it. 
Um, so yeah, generally between five and two stars is what we have here. <laughs> so um, the whole spectrum. Yeah, so uh, that's Neil Asher. Uh, email me, luke at juggler.net. You can follow me on Twitter, I'm at Luke Burridge. And also on Instagram, I'm at Luke Burridge. And you can follow Juliana in those places as well. She is J-U-K-U Berlin. Yeah. In both of those places. And uh, become my friend on Goodreads and become a, join up with the, the uh, Goodreads listener SFBRP group. listener group, which is uh, a lot of fun. Although it's been a bit quiet recently, so kick off some conversations there. Because the way that I find books to read is where people post them in the uh, books I would like to see reviewed. There was actually a, a recent, uh, I tried reading this book, um, uh, Black Leopard, Red Wolf. Yeah. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah, you told and, me about it. Uh, and I bailed on it. And this was my review of this. I said, I uh, didn't finish, enjoyed it at the start, but after three or four hours, there was a time skip. From then on, I couldn't get into it again. I know myself, and I know with another 20 plus hours to go, I'm Ooh. not going to be able to push through this. Oh, well. Uh, I mean, there's never, even the, the slow point in this book, this uh, line of polity. Yeah. I knew I was going to finish it, but there was never a question of yeah. not doing it. But this was one of the things, if I have one of those big lulls, Four hours into a 26-hour book or 28-hour uh, book, you're just like, yeah. oh, man, if I'm struggling now. Yeah. Uh, so didn't, not going to be able to push through. Jenny from Reading Envy just said, it was the right decision. Oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay. Hey, that first book, if that was just a short story or just a, like a novella yeah. or something, would have been good. I'd have been into it. But yeah. I was just like, oh, there's, there's that. And, and other I've, things. And I've heard what people have read about it and I've, other people have recommended this. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to... Uh, going to be able to carry on with this as well right so yeah uh anyway recommend some books in uh books i would like to see reviewed because i'm i'm i pretty much ticked off all of the ones all of the uh books that have been mentioned in there that i actually feel like going for it sounds uh, good maybe there's some there's some books oh do you do you plan to read children of ruin uh the sequel to children of time has that come out yet published may 19th oh yeah and maybe I'll, that, I know what my next book is. It's the follow-up to Children of Time, which is the book that everyone said was really, really creative because I've never read anything like it before. And I'm like, yeah, but it's exactly Deepness in the Sky uh, crossed with Crucible of Time. And it like, even, <laughs> it even has the even, word time in it. Yeah. And it's about aliens and planet as they evolve. And, anyway, so uh, uh, it's like a spider thing. It's, not like, it's, ju- it's just those two books put together. And it is just those two Who's books. Who's uh, Adrian Tchaikovsky. Chai- oh, right. So... Uh, you, you, I reckon if you read Children of Time, you'd really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. a good, fun book. I put it on my list. Actually, let's read, let's read Deepness in the Sky, because we read Fire Upon the Deep by Verna Vinget. You read that one, didn't you? Fire Upon the Deep. Yes. So let's read Deepness in the Sky. We'll review it. And then after that, we can, you can read Children of Time and tell and me what you actually think. <laughs> and tell me if you think Children of Time is... I think you should read them that way around, because one book is obviously the, the, the forerunner of the, the other yeah. book. So uh, let's check that out. All right. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.